When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I saw a father saying goodbye to his child with a profound disability yesterday. It really is harrowing. It's so important that people who have a large following are aware of the impact they can have in the messaging that they put out. Lack of communication to their customers. It's terrible, you know. I'm embarrassed by it. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Had to laugh this morning when the lad's talking about subtraction. And yesterday we had such a, a discussion on, on homework. Um, I have to be on KC's side here. His kids are going through the subscri- the subtraction crack at the moment, which means they're bringing it home to him, who, who learned about carrying the one and borrowing it and giving it back and all that. And now it's like Egyptian hieroglyphics by the time you've subtracted five from seven on a... I completely agree with KC on what what pervert dreamed up subtraction for our youngsters we all learnt it so easy nine from ten one from nine you cannot take carry the one that, yeah you know it's that right easy easiest point now no not so much oh I would say so, so with KC on that and so glad that the subtraction has gone from from my house and I still do it the old way if you ask me to subtract two numbers I can do it in my head but I'll still do it the old way 0818, good morning. 0818969696, the number. The text or WhatsApp is 0833969696. That's the place to send you voicemails as well. And the email is opinion at 96mm.ie. I thought I was dreaming, scrolling through my phone early this morning and seeing photographs from RH Hall. And I wondered, or the old RH Hall, and I wondered whether my phone was broken or my Twitter was broken or my Instagram was stuck in last week because I thought hang on a second didn't that just happen the other day why is that coming up in my newsfeed and then I learned to my shock that there was another fire down there uh, overnight uh, last night this one looked worse than the last one there was uh, was it four or five units of the brigade let's talk to uh, Victor Shine from Cork City Fire Service Victor my eyes were not deceiving me. There was a second fire there overnight. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Uh, that's correct. In the office building of the RNH premises, uh, there was a fire. Yeah, and a bad day, enough. Ten minutes past two this morning. 
And uh, it was it was uh, a substantial fire by the time the alarm was raised. Uh, our crews got down there very quickly within three minutes. And um, over the period of two hours, we had eight uh, fire appliances in attendance. And uh, the fire was brought under control within that period of time. Now, that office building has been abandoned for years. Was it empty or what's the story? Um, I'm not quite sure of the status of, of that uh, section of the building at that time. Um, so I, I couldn't actually comment on that, unfortunately. Right. Were there any risks to surrounding buildings or were there any buildings near it? No. Yeah, that, 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 was the main, that was the main focus, actually, of the operation last night to actually prevent that fire from spreading to adjoining premises. So it was a, a defensive role that the fire service took up. So containment of that section of building that was on fire and that was done very successfully mm-hmm. and uh, again there was water from obviously fire mains and water from the river used to, to extinguish that fire. Yeah. Any idea yet as to how it started? I think the Gardaí have uh, an investigation started on it so they'll be just looking at obviously all the cameras and anything that may bring yeah. some light on the on the, the nature of the, the cause of the fire. Now I note there was a second incident at the same time was there a river rescue what happened there? It was indeed up in Bachelors Key during that event, and there was a female um, entered the water, and um, a Garda, uh, a non-duty Garda member, saw the female and in the water, entered the water himself, and carried out a rescue, brought the, the casualty ashore, and fire service uh, rendered assistance until the ambulance service took her into HSE care. Mm. So a busy night for the brigade, Victor. <laughs> extremely busy. There was a number of other uh, ambulance assists and uh, automatic fire alarms and so on in the building as as well at the same time. So an extremely busy couple of hours last night. Mm. This time of year, of course, people are putting up, and just on a more domestic level, people are putting up um, Christmas lights and Christmas trees and they're wiring up for the month of December and I don't, maybe we'll talk again between now and the festive season about this but when you are getting the decorations down and preparing to put them up again a few quick tips from the fire service please Victor if you have them off the top of your head Absolutely, make sure that the appropriate sea standards are met and that the uh, the wiring of the electrical fittings that you're putting in, whether it's light bulbs or any forms of decorations, that they're uh, reviewed, checked very carefully. If you have any doubts, just replace them. Um, the equipment has become very affordable now, so um, people, might, it might be safer to just change out your equipment or electrical equipment at this particular time. And, um, you know, have a, a safer Christmas and, of course, uh, naked candles and so on or any kind of uh, naked flame mm. in your living space be careful with clothing, curtains fabrics and so on, you know, that you don't get too close. Stay well, stay well away from them. Coming Absolutely. coming, coming back to the the reason for our conversation, that's the old RNH Hall building, so damping down was continuing almost until 6 or 7am, was it Victor? And, and it's, that's it's okay correct. now. And, and there will be there will be crews going down just carrying out a review then with thermal imaging cameras as well during the day just in case there's any hot spots that were missed, you know. So in the dark of night, you have that little extra complication, but in the daylight, they'll be able to go in, review it with drones and get our uh, building control teams and so on uh, reviewing the situation. Drones, my goodness, how, how, how advanced we've become that you can take a drone into a fire scene now rather than have to have personnel going in there, which is a, that's, a, that's an advance. Yeah. That's an advance. 
Yeah. All right. Victor, always thank you for your contribution. That's Victor Shine from Cork City Fire Service. Second fire in a couple of weeks at the former RH Hall, this time in the office building. Some pictures on Insta and Twitter overnight. Quite a spectacular fire. Uh, broke out in the early hours of the morning. It took five units at one point, and they were damping down until early this morning, and they're still keeping an eye. And then separate to this, uh, off the site, down by Bachelor's Key, you had a guard went into the water to rescue somebody they saw in trouble, and the guard got her out of the water, and then they both had to be taken care of. Can you imagine? I'm sorry now, but anyone who'd go... The cold of the... Wa- oh, my God. Even the thought of it. Um, brave guard. Fair play. 0818969696. Speaking of water, Michael was on to us. Uh, he said last night, the 22nd of November, the cold water was shut off uh, in Barrick Street. Nobody knew anything about it. Barrick Street and the surrounding areas. I just feel that public notification from Irish Water is a joke. It's not as if everyone looks up their website as a part of their day. How many elderly and families with babies were caught out last night? And yet you look at Irish Country Clean, if there's anything happens to their rubbish collection, you get a text. Can Irish Water and the City Council not be made set up some kind of a text system? That way people who give their mobile phone numbers for emergency texts only could be informed of events like water outage in their area. I just feel Irish Water failed so many people last night. We deserve better. That's from Michael. That's a fabulous idea, Michael. You're right about the bin providers. Like because of the way they take different bins on different weeks, a lot of people were making mistakes on what bin to put out. And my own provider at home started texting us about six months ago. You get a text on a Wednesday night to put the bins out on Thursday, and I haven't gotten it wrong since. That's a great idea, though, that if Irish Water had your number or if the council had your number, that when there is going to be a water outage, that you'd get a text because he's right. Imagine having a small baby and trying to make bottles or an elderly person confused as to what to do or someone who who needs water for any reason late at night last night. They've had no time to stock it up. They've had no time to fill a bath or bottles or saucepans or buckets or whatever you fill these at. A text message a few hours beforehand telling them there there would be an outage would be a great idea. He also (laughs) makes a very strong point there. Like, I don't know, how many times in the last week did you check the Irish Water website? Eh? How many times in the last three months? I I haven't looked at the Irish Water website unless we were doing an Irish Water-related story on the show. And I certainly haven't looked at it at home, you know, casually, like. You know, you'd look up the the examiner or you'd look up a shopping web, whatever. You know, he's right. He's so right. There should be some system in place where... You get a text message to say, attention, water will be switched off in the Barrack Street and surrounding areas from 10 o'clock. I think it's a great idea, Michael. Great idea. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. We'll be doing the 10K toy giveaway this morning after 10, I think. Yesterday we had more giveaways. You have won a toy shopping spree worth 500 euros. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Congratulations. Oh, Lorraine, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Do you know what, Victoria? Did I? You did it. You won the Toy Shopping Spree. 
Thank you so much. Two winners yesterday, Carol O'Connell Prout and Victoria Ford, winners with Lorraine after six on the big drive home. Could it be you today? Stay listening after ten. Hey, Simon here. Join me all this week from midday to win tickets to my big night out at the brilliant Improv Panto at Cork Opera House. You and three friends could be joining me on opening night Friday, December 9th for a drinks reception followed by a night of hilarious improv. Not for smallies. This panto is made up on the spot based on audience suggestions. Live music, laughter and chaos guaranteed. The Improv Panto from December 9th. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie. Tune in weekdays from midday to win on Cork. 96 FM. Jimmy says the emergency services are top class. Credit where credit is due. And so see all of us, Jimmy, good man. I see there the, the news this morning that St. Stephen's Hospital in Glanmire is the preferred site for our new elective hospital. Now, we've been talking about this elective hospital since forever. And St. Stephen's was often mentioned as a possible location for it. And it makes sense because there's already a hospital there. There's already electric, there's already water, I presume there's already gas and all those things you need to run a big, busy hospital and space and land and grounds and all of that. And it's very rarely, though, and I see where people like, you know, Tony Fitzgerald and others on the north side welcoming it big time uh, as a great boost for the area. And, and it is all of that. But it's very, very rarely I find myself agreeing with Mick Barry, which I do this morning. He's saying, hang on a minute here. What about public transport for getting there? Because the nearest bus stop to St. Stephen's Hospital, if, if my memory serves me right, and I think it does, the, the nearest bus stop is at least 20 minutes walk away, 15 to 20 minutes walk away, along a very bad road. So I hope against hope against hope that if they do put the new hospital, which is badly needed and very welcome, into St. Stephen's, that they will do something drastic with regard to public transport and even more drastic with regards to road access because the road access up there, as you well know, is a dirty country road, a badly lit, bumpy, bendy country road. So here's hoping we get the access as well as get the hospital. But uh, good good news at least that they're choosing a location. Others wanted it out to Corraheen, which would have been just as good. But you've got a place here. You've got an actual site that's a campus and buildings. and So probably probably more practical to put it there. But certainly they're going to have to do better as regards getting there with public transport and getting there with roads. But we'll see what happens over the fullness of time. 0818969696. You'd have seen the reports in the paper again the last few days about rent about rent gone up. I'm reading from uh, daft.ie's new report on rent, just looking at Cork, where the average rent in Cork City now is 1600 and often up to nearly 1700 a month. And the average rent in the county is now over €1,250 per month. In Dublin, it's over €2,000 a month, well over €2,000 a month. It prompted a tweet... From Podrick Wilson. Podrick is a teacher who's living and working in Dublin, um, where he said the average monthly rent in Dublin is now more than my monthly take home wage as a teacher. And it's very hard to be here. Podrick, on those numbers, as you present them in your tweet, there's absolutely no way that, that you'll be able to buy or much less rent for yourself. 
buy your own place anytime soon, really, is there? Morning. Good morning, PJ. No, look, look there's, there's no way, you know, like I, I'm seven years into teaching. Mm. And at, at this point in my career, you know, I expected, I expected to have some sort of stability. You know, when I decided what I wanted to do, you know, in, in consultation with my parents way back when, you know, they saw this as like a, a, a really, you know, a good job, a well-paid job. Mm. You know, you get your pension and, you know, I'd always be set up and, and secure. It, it couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. Without going into too much detail, if you want to go through the numbers for me, so you're permanent and you're seven years in, so how close to the top of the pay scale are you? Well, I'm currently on, on pay scale nine. Um, I actually skipped a pay scale there recently because, because of one of the deals, because I was a, I was a lower paid teacher anyway, because I qualified after, after it had been changed. Sure. I mean, PJ, I think, I think the last time, even, even skipping a scale and moving up to uh, two points on the scale. I was getting an extra eleven euro. I think it was each paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know. So your your take home check, if, if you don't mind sharing, your your take home check is what? My take home check is just shy of thirteen hundred every two weeks. Okay. So I'm getting about two and a half thousand every month. Okay. You're from Cork, but you're living in and working in Dublin. There's, I am. There's no way you could afford to live alone, or even live with with one other person. Not a hope, not a hope, um, and and like it has like look, I'm I'm two years up here now, PJ, right, and in that time, I'm I'm currently well, we've just found out recently that our landlord is is selling the house again, right. Fortunately, I'm living with friends at the moment, um, but we're we're basically out in our ear once you know um the the ban on evictions is lifted, and it's extremely stressful because first of all, the cost is is outrageous you know um, I think the average rate in Dublin now is is actually higher than what I take home the latest figures that I have in front of me show Dublin's average rent is 2,258 per month yeah. so, so you'd yeah. be you'd be living on about 300 quid a month after you pay your rent in a decent permanent pensionable job that's unsustainable it's completely un- unsustainable that doesn't take into account the fact that I have to pay for bills on top of that and eat e- everything do you know what I mean? It's it's outrageous, um, and it's so disheartening because, like, look, I've lived abroad, um, and it's been great, and I, I loved that. But I came home because I wanted to be close to my family, and I love living here. Do you know there's something there's something lovely about being in Ireland? Sure. And even if you were as a Corkman, even if you were teaching in Cork, you'd still be facing a monthly rent bill of just over seventeen hundred, which is over half your salary. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter whether I'm I'm here or down in Cork, you know. I mean, it's still completely unachievable, you know. And I, fi- I find myself now, like, dipping into my savings just to be able to afford food, or my bills, or fuel, and it makes the idea of me ever having a deposit for a house completely unattainable now. We're going to get to that. Now, you're sharing with a couple of people. It's unsustainable for you at the moment. Mm-hmm. How the heck can you afford to save a deposit for a house or an apartment of your own? To be honest, it's 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 something that I, I've parked because, you know, I see, look, I, I try to put money away whenever I can and then something, some, life gets in the way, PJ, you know, there's does. other things crop up, you know, you have to get the, the tyre changed in your car or something like that. That takes a huge chunk and like the cost of living alone 
has has risen dramatically. I see it especially in the last six months, you know, where myself and other colleagues of mine are waiting for that second Thursday, every second Thursday, because we either owe money to somebody or, you know, we're really, we're, we're scraping it together just to be able to get to the next paycheck. And you, like, here's the thing. There was a time, and I'm older than you, when I was your age, to be permanent in teaching, she were made for life at 30, but that's not the case anymore. No, unfortunately, it's not. You know, and like, like, look, I mean, I like to go on holidays and I like to do these kind of things, but like, I really have to, to, to scrape money together to even be able to do anything like that. And like, those are the things that I'm thinking about now going forward. And even, even in the last six months or so, I'm like, I can't afford to do the, even those basic things anymore because... I won't, I won't be able to, I have to pick either save money for, for a house or actually live my life. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, I even find myself, you know, sometimes having to, like at 30 years of age, PJ, having to ask your parents for a couple of quid just to tie over is, it's embarrassing, if anything. In a permanent pensionable job. In a permanent pensionable job. Do you know? And as well, what I should say is, it is still, it's not the worst paid job out there at all. No. It's not reflective of, of that. And look, look, we took a cut. I'm a lower paid teacher. I understand that, you know, and there are, they have been working and, and the unions have been working to restore some sort of payment. It's definitely not enough. And what I don't understand is how people on less than I am are surviving at all. And some people with families, like I'm fortunate that I'm just looking after myself. I don't understand how people with families of two or three people or two or three children are able to, you know, afford to put to to, to put food, to food on the table. You know, I've seen um, situations where a couple and they're both teachers and they're both living in Dublin, um, and they they were refused um, a mortgage because they're not earning enough money. Two permanent teachers. Yeah, yeah, and this is, and I've, I'm hearing this all the time, and and what I should also say is, you know, for example, nurses. You know, we see we see it, we hear it all the time in the news, you know, like they're run off their feet. We've got some of the, the, the best trained healthcare professionals in the world and they're all leaving as well. And I don't blame them because they're not getting paid enough to stay here. You, you mentioned the, the, the L word, leaving. I mean, here you yeah. are, 30, qualified teacher, permanent job. I mean, have you considered, you said you were abroad before, have you considered yeah. going again? Well, when when I went away, I went to Australia on a gap year, and I I thought over there, and the quality, and the standard of of how we were treated was way better than here. First of all, I have considered going away. The thing that stops me is I'm very much a home bird. I like being close to my family and stuff. Sure, are are your friends packing it in, Patrick? Yeah, like every every time I speak to someone, I I hear of somebody else who's who's heading over to to the UAE and the likes of that to teach or. Um, into different countries in Asia to teach. I a lot of the people that I went to college left soon after we qualified. They've never come back. Um, I know people older than I am who have been in teaching longer than I am who've decided that they're going to go next year because they can't afford a deposit for a house. And what I also have noticed is, you know, there's a huge lack of subs subs in our schools. Yes. And and we're taking what we're doing is we're we're essentially where we can't get a sub. And I see principals on. Twitter at 11 o'clock at night looking for a sub for the next day and they can't get them. And what we're doing is we're taking teachers out of learning support roles and then the children who are in greatest need, they're suffering as a result. And then if we can get subs, it's students from teaching colleges. And I mean, look, they're great and they're bringing in fresh ideas, but they shouldn't have to, to miss college to come and teach for us. Yes. But 
we, I have a conversation with the with these students when when they're in in the staff rooms and. 95% of them PJ will will say to me oh I'm gone I'm able to, I wouldn't stay here yeah. I'm not going to work here so we're training these teachers and we're training them very well we're training them to, to send them away and yeah. for them to teach elsewhere because the incentives that they get abroad are like incomparable you know they're getting paid you know th- like the wages in the UAE aren't they're not even they're not even as high as ours sometimes mm. but the bonuses they get they get allowances for for rent some of them are living rent free yeah. you know and they're getting these bonuses, you know, every year that they work, they're getting a massive bonus. And then when they leave their job to come home, if they do, which is rare at the moment, they get a massive bonus and they come home with a lump sum. Do you know, I can remember the, the last crash, if you like, Padre, you would be much yeah. younger. I remember people leaving the country in plane loads because there was no work. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm to listen to you and to understand what you're saying people are leaving in plane loads despite the fact that there's work. There's plenty of work here. Loads of work here. We're, 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 they're crying out for teachers. We're crying out for, for nurses. We're crying out for doctors. As, as I said, I'm up here in Dublin two years, right? And I can't get a GP up here. So if I need to see a GP, I need to get in the car and go go home to Cork. Crikey. It's mad. And like um, my sister, she she would be older than me. She left during during the recession. She went to Australia, um, married a guy from Cork. They've got a young family. They came back um, for a visit and uh, they decided, look, we'd love to come home. Basically, you know, yeah. they saw, you know, my, like my parents aren't getting any younger. There was loads of support here looking after the kids and, and those kind of things. But because they're abroad, they and their savings are abroad. They needed a 30% deposit to come home to get a mortgage, which they simply can't afford with a young family. So they're actually coming home and moving in with my parents, you know, and like they're late 30s, nearly 40. And for them to have to do that is yeah. just, it's, I, I just think it's it's a disgrace. Yeah. Who do you blame for all this, Padraig? I mean, everyone says, oh, blame the government and get another government to sort it out. Is it as simple as that, do you think? I've had this conversation with loads of people and some are saying, you know, blame the investors, blame the government for allowing them to do this, blame the landlords. I think it's a mix of, of all. And mm. I think, look, there are plenty of, like, and I know like recently in, in the budget, you know, there was, there's a new tax incentive where, you know, people who are renting will get 500 euro back. That's not enough. Simple, simple as. And also what, I, what, what we need to also consider is the fact that there are, thousands of people in this country renting whose landlords probably aren't declaring it and they won't get that 500 euro That's and right. by the time they do it won't be enough yeah yeah do you know so yes look we see these little steps and they look great on paper and it's a tick the box for the government yeah. but they're really doing nothing for the people who are out working who are paying taxes yeah. and then getting absolutely nothing back do you know what makes me sad talking to you Padraig um, as I said to you I'm a bit older than you and mm-hmm. to think of a young bright, educated, intelligent lad like yourself and you're not ruling it out, getting out of here. That makes me sad. Yeah, it is. Do you know what it, it is? Because we we do have a great country and I love the culture of this and I, as I, of here and just, you know, everything about it. And I got home to Cork all the time. Like people always say to me, they're always like, why are you, why do you not live in Cork? Because all you do is talk about it. I love getting home <laughs> and I get home as often as I can. But I would never blame anyone for leaving. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Because you, there's nothing for us to say for really when it comes in terms of money, apart from family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It is a struggle. It is a yeah. struggle. 
Do you know? And and like some of the finer things are some of the things that you should be enjoying at some of my age who's single and, you know, earning and, and doesn't have any dependence on me. Like the types of going on holidays and stuff, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm going to have to reconsider going forward because I'm always conscious of, you know, am I going to be able to afford the rent? Or am I going to be able to afford my car payment? Or to be food, you know, to be able to feed myself? I know. Podrick, it's a bleak picture that you paint from a young, qualified, professional working permanently. It's an awful shame. It's an awful shame. Listen, <laughs> thanks for talking to me today. And good luck with everything that you do. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. That's, uh, thanks, Podrick. Podrick Wilson, based in Dublin, Cork-led through and through, permanent, pensionable teaching job. And he, he really is thinking of getting the hell out because his rent is now costing more than half his wages. And he couldn't possibly rent on his own. He's renting with a group of people. They're trying to find a new place at the moment because the landlord is getting out of the game. And if people like that are looking up flight schedules to get out, where does it leave the rest of us? Podrick has a a podcast called The Voice Note, which you can find on any platform you like. Get ready to meet the Cork's 96FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join KC and the 96FM Street Fleet at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills this Saturday afternoon from 4pm. We're there to bring the music fun and countdown to Santa himself arriving in style. Come enjoy the fun this Saturday afternoon from 4 at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills with Cork's 96FM. Daft.ie issues a report every year. It takes a real deep analysis of the state of play with regard to rent and availability of places to rent around the country. Uh, And that report came out just recently. And it looked at every region, every town, every county. Looking at Cork, for example, the average rent in Cork now, average rent is about €1,600 per month. 1607 is the average that that Daft has. In the county, it's €1,258 per month which is 4.4 or 3.4 4.4% up on this time last year but the other shocker in it is the availability where stock of homes in in all of Munster in all of Munster is something like a quarter of what it was pre-COVID and Ferguson joins me to talk about the report an expert consultant with daft.ie Adam, we have a rent crisis and a stock crisis at the same time morning Yeah, absolutely Um, as you just mentioned there uh, rentals are at an all-time high um, in terms of asking prices, you know, you mentioned Cork County at 12.58 and uh, Cork City at seventeen hundred for for monthly rents. Um, I feel really bad for for renters. You know, it's a really difficult situation, and as you said, it's associated to stock. But you know, young families, students, anyone who's lucky enough to have an opportunity to move to Cork, isn't going to find it easy. Um, in terms of the challenge related to stock, you know, my hometown of Bandon has three three units available at, at the moment. Skibbereen has none, Mitchellstown one, you know, Cork uh, Towns, year-in-year rental is up 26.7%. You know, Cork City has 51 units, 17 of them are only, if you're looking for something greater than a tree bed and you happen to be a family. Um, 
and a real challenge, as you said, is stock. So mom and pop landlords and built to rent are the two um, stock sources really within the private rental space. Um, and mom and pop landlords, built to rent isn't necessarily practical outside of the city and even in the city isn't, isn't, isn't overly popular. Um, and I know the figures you give me uh, is another figure uh, that the, num- yeah. the of the number of empty derelict places being allowed to go to rack and ruin. Now you've got that on one side of the table and the crisis on the other side. Something has to happen surely in between, Adam. So derelict properties that could be renovated again. I th- I think that's closely linked to the right incentives for mom and pop landlords. So um, if you know, I know I know a Cork-based landlord recently who who's had a couple of properties inspected, and it's brilliant. You know, the properties have got up to a level that's really good, high quality accommodation, but it's another expense and another reason not to be a landlord, including tax. And then another reason to exit is sale prices are exceptionally high. The sale sale market is in a very good place. Landlords are incentivized to sell when the market is high, hmm. and as such, they're exiting. and And the the incentives just aren't there to encourage them to to renovate properties. You know, trying to mortgage those properties as a, in a buy to let scenario and make a return is not easy, um, and it's a very very difficult task. We hear political solutions or political thinking about rent freezes, rent you know ban on. Increase of rent, ban on evictions, bans on this and bans on that and trying to control rent and control the market. And and it all sounds great, but on the other hand, you have a slew of small-time landlords packing it in. So is is, is one causing the other? Is is, is, is that the problem? They, they are related. I, I mean, the first thing to observe is none of the initiatives that you've mentioned have increased stock. Yeah. or have even really attempted to increase stock. And, you know, the situation isn't just keep the landlords we have. That that would be great. But we actually need new rental stock to the market. Our population is growing and, you know, Cork's population is growing. And as such, we need new rental stock. And there is no initiative that adds to private rental stock. Um, and if we don't fix that... Um, I'm not saying it's an easy task by any manner of means, but if we don't fix that, rental doesn't get easier for anybody who wants to move to Cork or wants to move out of home or whatever reason you need to move to a new rental. You you mentioned private. I was just going to go down the road of of the council. Council are, to be fair to them, building furiously uh, and have matched all the numbers they said they'd match and and hopefully will match more in 2023. You can't take take that from the council if you're going to be factual here. Michael O'Flynn, the developer, was also talking last week about restraints on, on building privately. So how do we help the private sector, Adam, to build at the rate that we need to get to get rentals out there? Another idea comes from a, Rory Hearn in his new book suggests a state building agency, which of course Michael Flynn is opposed to. Well, what is the solution here, Adam? The solution I think is multifaceted. So what you mentioned there, credit to the council, absolutely more social housing is going to improve stock volume. Um, uh, what Michael Flynn has come out and said is that, you know, it's really difficult to make development work with the cost of building materials and where it's gone. If we reach a scenario in the next 12 to 18 months where new stock isn't built privately, then we'll have a problem um, in the sale market as well as the rental market. So I think in the sale market, you know, if interest rates go up, it's going to be difficult for people to buy houses 
costs have become difficult to develop. I think the government will have to look at incentives there around that space. And then again, back to what I said, I think the mom and pop landlord and the professional landlord will need incentives. Apartment development in, in Cork will have to be feasible. And if we need to incentivize the development of that, we'll have to because the stock actually has to come from somewhere. Um, and I think specifically to the private sector, that's that's mom and pop landlords and it's it's built to rent. Define what you mean. It's a term you use. I know your, your colleagues, you define what you mean by a mom and pop landlord. To me, it, it just sounds like uh, uh, parents with an extra house. That's not what it is, no? So I think it's any private... Uh, landlord who is a effectively it isn't their full time role a non professional landlord. You. I got you. Um, okay. That's a part time landlord. So okay. you might have a job and you might have one or two houses. That okay. would be the sector I'd be referring to there. Okay. And we need incentives for them to stay in the market, is it, or get into it? Stay into the market and get into the market. If we want, you know, I I, I think we're a long way. If you look at, you know, again mentioning my hometown, Bandon, I think we're a long way from, you know. Uh, pension-funded, built-to-rent apartment blocks being built there. That's not going to happen. So where would the private stock come from? You know, we'll have social housing built by the council, which is brilliant. We'll have sale housing built by developers. But who's going to build and hold and rent stock to young families who might move into the town for six months, who, you know, don't need a social house and aren't in a position or don't want to purchase a house? That section, and that's the group we're talking about today, because that's the group who's you know, experienced a hike of 26% in, in rural towns or in Cork towns. Um, and that group needs more stock for that to be affordable for them. Mm. Um, and I think that'll need, that will need small-time landlords to, to make that stock available. Yeah. Lastly, we look at government policy and we look at, you know, if you take Sinn Féin and the left absolutely jumping at the bit for an opportunity to get their hands on housing and, and they, they tell you they'll work a miracle in 10 years. Is it possible to fix this quickly? Can the existing government, could it be doing more at this stage to, to fix something as we quickly all, as it is fixing? I, I, I try to avoid any political commenta- commentary, but both we, sides, we could always do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can always do more, um, uh, but it's not going to be fixed overnight. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of development. Like, you know, we're, we're hitting the numbers for this year I don't think we're going to hit the numbers for next year. And as such, you know, you know, the people have talked about 35,000 houses a year. You know, in reality, we're crammed and we're above European average at 2.7 people per unit, I think it is at the moment. And as such, we already have a built up demand for the last number of years, which means we need to be building 50,000 plus a year. So, and we're so far short of that. We're only at 50% of that. So lastly, Rory Hearn suggests in his new book, A State Building Agency. Good or bad idea? Uh, look, anything that would build stock could be a good idea. Um, the the challenge would be to build, make it a cost effective agency that gives the the the, the taxpayer value, right. and I think that would be very challenging. All right, listen, thank you for that, Adam Ferguson, um, consultant with Daft.ie. <clears throat> it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, and and that, the most important message I get from that conversation with Adam is. There are no easy ways out of this, and anyone who tells you that there is is lying to you. You guys ready? 
Drive Home weekdays from 4 on Cork's 96FM. The 10K Toy Giveaway continues this week, which means there'll be a lot more of this kind of thing on the big drive home. Guess what? Why? You've just won a 500 euro <laughs> toy shopping spree! Oh my God! Five hundred boys, what you think? Happy spending, guys! Hey. And it could be you getting the call next. Tune in for details every weekday from four. The big drive home with Kevin O'Leary, Silver Springs, the new home for Suzuki and Cork. Hybrid has never been so affordable. Call now to ensure January delivery. Cork's ninety-six FM. <laughs> The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Now, interesting on St. Uh, Stephen's Hospital in Sarsfields Court... You go and look at the bus here in website, you will find that the 245 stops outside the hospital. And thanks to Councillor Jerick Johan in Glenmire for telling me that, it does stop outside St. Stephen's Hospital in Sarsfields Court. He also says that if the hospital site is agreed, then Bus Aaron have promised to look at extending the 214 out to the hospital. Well, Bus Aaron can't decide anything. It has to be the National Transport Authority will tell Bus Aaron to extend it. But I do see your point. Other people are saying a bus stops outside the gate. Well, let's look at that um, because the 245 bus, yes, it stops outside Sarsfields Court at five past eight in the morning, five past ten. Five past one, five past three, five past seven. So that's what you got to the major hospital at the moment. You'd hope to really improve on that. Mick Barry, I, I said earlier on that I found myself in agreement with Mick Barry that they have to be a lot better uh, with regard to public transport and access, road access as well. Here's what Mick was saying about it earlier on this morning. I note the press reports this morning that Cork's new elective hospital is to be sited in Glanmire. I will be asking the Taoiseach to confirm these reports, but I will be making the point that there have been far too many delays already in getting to this point and asking the Taoiseach to now give definite dates for the Cabinet to sign off on the project, for construction to start and for the hospital to open. I will also be pressing to ensure that public transport links to the hospital site are greatly improved so that it can be easily accessed by all. Okay, well, let's just listen to the last few seconds of that. The, the first is just politicking, which politicians do, particularly opposition politicians, and that's fine. If it is a thing that this new hospital is sited at uh, St. Stephen's in Glenmire, McBarry is saying there needs to be much better public transport. I cannot but agree with them. And having looked at the timetable of 245, I thought that the nearest bus stop was a good 15-20 minute walk away. I'm glad to know that it's not. But when it does stop outside the hospital, it's infrequently. It's every two hours, sometimes every three hours. 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 1, that kind of thing. It's, it's, not like, it's not like being outside CUH where there's your choice of buses every 10 or 15 minutes. So it's nothing of, of that um, ilk at all. So I can agree completely with Mick Barry there. Although... 
me agreeing with McBarry and with what McBarry was saying prompted a rather passionate voice note from Paul on 083 396 96 96. Almighty. Mick Barry just, can he not let something go by? By the time this hospital is finished, there's going to be at least another probably 10,000 houses in that area. You're going to have more buses down there, more taxis, and more everything before that hospital is finished. So tell Mick Barry to just shut his gut. <laughs> right. I know Paul won't be voting for Mar- Mick Barry. I was only picking him up on the public transport element of it. You can't argue that a couple of stops a day outside the bus, outside outside the hospital, is is as good as it needs to be. Councillor Joe Kavanagh. Joe, I know you'd welcome this. Any Northside local or national politician is going to welcome this idea if, if it comes to pass. But Mick is right. We need far better roads and far better public transport to get it there. Morning. Good morning, PJ, and thank you for letting me on there to speak on this. Yeah, look, I, I agree totally with you. You're 100% right. We do need an improved infrastructure. Anywhere we're putting a, a new development such as this much-needed elective hospital, and look, I very much welcome the news that this hospital is coming to Cork. I mean, it, it was the obvious sight. The fact there's a hospital there already, and it just needs, uh, it, it is zoned for, 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 for that particular use. Now, in terms of public transport, PJ, I've been since uh, Glanmire was inducted into the city um, in 20, after the 2019 local elections. I've been campaigning for a, an improved bus service in the, in the Glanmire area, but in particularly Upper Glanmire, which has no bus service at all. Yes. Um, you know, and that's not a million miles away from this hospital. Oh, but no, I've been but assured. A, a, hospital, a hospital, Joe, let's call a spade a spade here. A hospital yes. needs a bus stop outside right. the door, served no less frequently than every 20 minutes. Well, any hospital I'm aware of has a bus stop outside the door. Look at places like Corraheen and look at places like the CUH and various other hospitals. There are bus stops and bus air, in fairness, have always come up to the plate and delivered when it comes to, um, you know, like this hospital, there's no need for a bus stop outside St. Stephen's at the moment. And I'm Mm. sure you'll agree with me on that. Um, But there is a bus service in Glenmire uh, as part of the new bus connects um, plans for Cork um, there is improved uh, bus corridors proposed and of course um, they, they have assured us as public representatives that where there's a need for a bus service, a bus service will be delivered okay. and obviously um, in roads infrastructure is number one, it's just off the, the, the M8 motorway it is, but it's a bad, bad road up to it Joe Oh, it's not even a road it's a boring PJ, yeah. you know it, yeah. I know it like, you know, I mean <sighs> In my tennis days, I used to play tennis up there in St. Stephen's Tennis Club. Yeah, um, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad road. It, it, it's, it's no it's more than a boring. Yeah. Yes, and, and look, I, the roads infrastructure as part of development, um, and this is a good bit down the road, will be developed as well. Yeah, I mean, this uh, John, I, sure John Higgins came up. It was, it was Professor John Higgins came up with the idea yeah. of this elective hospital yes. in a report that he wrote. God, I'm almost afraid to think when he wrote it, but it's certainly more than 10 years ago, if not... If not yes. closer to twenty, Joe. So, so this yes. idea has been around with us for a while. How long do you think, if the government were to sign off today on the idea of using St Stephen's, how yeah. long do you think it would be before that hospital would open? Well, it'd be a lot, a lot faster than going to a brownfield site, PJ. But that's I mean, not the question. 
I know that's not the question. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, PJ, but, but by the same token, this is top of the agenda for all public uh, elected reps. And I know my colleague, uh, Deputy Colin Burke, has been shouting from the rooftops about, about an elective hospital with his medical background. And, um, and he works in the Department of Health and he has been campaigning very, very hard Sure. for an elective hospital in, in the north side and in particular in Glanmire. And I've been engaging with a lot of people in Glanmire, mm. uh, a lot of the organisations, the chamber and various other people and residents down there indeed. Yeah. Who, Certainly who, St Stephen's is logical. There's already a hospital, there's already electricity, water, gas, whatever other services you need correct. that don't need to be brought. The, the, the site, the land, the layout, the concept of a hospital on the site is already yes. theirs. So that's and, that. and the more, Pete, and PJ, in fairness to you, in fairness to you and your colleagues there in 96, the more you shout from the rooftops about this, the, the faster it'll happen, the quicker it'll happen, and the sooner it'll happen. Like, we need it yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said to you, I, I'm almost afraid to, to to try and recall when John Higgins said we needed it. Just well, I, I understand where you're coming from, but, but given the development, and we spent the last, like, we're just, we, we're just after signing off on the uh, 22... Uh, 2022 to 2028 uh, city development plan and the development for the northeast of the city, which is which incorporates Glanmire, obviously, and mm. um, uh, up around Ballyvillan and so on. That corner of the city is the fastest growing area of Cork okay. at the moment. Okay. So we'll hopefully see this hospital be signed off by the cabinet as an actual plan. We'll need roads. We'll need more buses. We we'll need but. The idea that it would go into, thank you, Joe, Councillor Joe Kavanagh. The idea, the idea that it would go into St. Stephen's, I think myself, this is just me personally. When you have a site, you have a hospital, you have everything you need, it's the perfect place for it if they can get the buses right, if they can get the roads right. John Higgins, Professor John Higgins wrote a report on the state of um, Cork's medical services. I'm afraid of my life to get up into the attic and blow the dust off it to get the date off it, but it was certainly not yesterday. And it was more than 10 years ago, I would say. It certainly was more than 10 years ago. It was easily more, more closer to 15 years ago, I would say. So this idea, this idea of using a hospital, a brand new hospital for elective only, it's, it's not a new idea. So the last thing we want is to be waiting another 10 years for us. Here's hoping we won't. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, on housing and on property, Liam from Douglas says, this is what we got voting for Michal Martin. People wanted to move away from conservative-style policies on housing. Fianna Fáil made a big deal about housing coming up to the election. What did we get? More of the same, a smidgen better. This is a crisis. And on mortgages, what I can't get my head around, PJ, is why can't the government force the banks to give mortgage approval to people who've rented a house for two years or more without missing a payment? Yeah, and, and moreover, an awful lot of people are paying rent now and have paid rent for two years or more without missing a payment. Their mortgage would, well, up till recently anyway, would have been less. Would have been considerably less. Tim says it wouldn't, be, wouldn't matter if there was a bus every five minutes. Because the way traffic is going at the moment, it would be a bus every 10 hours. They're going to fix the current tunnel problems eventually, I suppose. But I think that location will always be a problem. Because there'll always be route changes for the major routes to Dublin. I'd love to go on air, but I'm doing a meeting about customer delivery delays. Thanks, Tim. A few more. I want to speak... I want to compliment Owen O'Brien for speaking up this morning, saying that people are dumping the blame for all the country's problems on Ukrainians. He reminded us that in the late 70s and to a lesser extent the 80s, 
the UK welcomed the Irish in certain jobs where there was a labour shortage. And then some, not all, not many, turned on us Irish over there. These problems existed 10 years ago too. You know, that, 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 Jason, you're, you're not wrong at all. Blaming the Ukrainians for problems that were festering here before many of us knew how to find Ukraine on a map, that's entirely wrong. Thanks for that point. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Saliki doola, midjikaboola, bibbidi bobbidi boo. We're Kim and I'm Courtney. As chief influencers of the city, a cock with loads of followers. It is our job to tell you that you are all invited to the Royal Cock Ball at the Everyman. Hold on. Everyone is invited. Does that mean Cinderella is going? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Cork's 96FM presents Cinderella from December 3rd. The ultimate panto experience with sensational singing, dancing and non-stop laughter. See everymancork.com. Book your tickets now for Cinderella. The Everyman Panto. It's for with Cork's 96FM. Over the weekend, we got that news that the marina market could be under threat. Uh, now, we've since been told that nothing's going to happen for at least a year because there's going to be legal wrangling at the very least. Nothing's going to happen for at least a year. And it's all very intricate as to why the marina market might be in, in trouble because of zoning and planning and safety and there's this report and that report and other report. At the end of the day, all we really care about is can we still go down and sample and enjoy one of the best things to happen in Cork in many a long day. And we don't want anything happening or we don't want any little little suit in City Hall or any other hall deciding, oh no, we don't like that anymore, let's find a way to close it down. That's not got to be allowed to happen. Charlie Clark has started a petition to make sure it doesn't. It's on the platform called Some of Us. Charlie, it's the best thing to happen in the city in a very long time. And I'm worried that somebody somewhere wants to close it. Morning. Hi, PJ. Yeah, <clears throat> um... I was I was shocked, PJ, really, there at the weekend. Uh, just, uh, I think it came up on Facebook about that there was, re- you know, permission was being refused by the council to, to continue and that they were getting, being given four weeks to appeal it or something. And I said, Jesus, I said, what, what, are, they, what are they at? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, as you said yourself, what a fab, fantastic thing to happen in the last few years. I've been going down there fairly often with my wife, you know, and, and family whenever we when they're around. And, you know, there's about 40 something stalls there with all different offerings and mm. all kinds of stuff. There's from food to art, you know, to barbershop. And mm. let's just look at what they're doing Christmas. this Friday, Charlie. It's going to be a great family yeah. night for the for the toy show and, and the That's restaurants right. will be open and there's a new wine buzzing. bar. It'll be buzzing. buzzing. What a Thousands wonderful... Going. It's probably the best thing that came out of the came out of COVID was the Marina Market. Yeah, absolutely. And so there we are now trying to shut the bloody thing down and um, you know, I, I haven't been in, t- in touch with the organisers or anything there. I just went online and found a, a good place for a, set up a petition and put it out there. And she, in the last couple of days, it's, it's, it's heading for seven thousand yep. already signatures. You know, we're sharing it on yeah. on all of our Twitter and it's oh, been, fantastic! It's being shared in every WhatsApp group you can think of around the city. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, trying to understand what is going on 
is is mm. difficult. But yes. certainly, there's a there's an objection to it continuing in its present form, and it is effectively yeah. a fruit warehouse. It still is classed as a fruit warehouse. So what's yeah. going on inside it, i.e. the market, needs yeah. retention. And, yes. And, and then they want to develop it further and do one other wonderful things. So you've two problems. It's the retention of what is there. So nothing's going to happen. And the marina market were out on Monday saying, look, nothing's going to happen for at least 12 Good. months. Well, that's good to, to to know that. I do, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. But um, you know, like it's it's a superb facility. Now the the other thing is we don't really I don't really know myself what the long term plan for that whole area is. Maybe the council have a vision for other stuff or something, and they don't want anything else springing up there. Um, you know, cheapers. There's been a big fire now right near it in Arnhem. Two Hall, fires. You know? Two fires. Two two fires. So yeah, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Just now when it's all very high profile that, yeah. that ha- that's happening. It, uh, um, unfortunate coincidence, I would suspect more yeah. than anything else. But 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 Johnny, yeah. what I'm getting at here is that <clears throat> it, 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 there's no doubt about it. And let's be very honest about this. The key yes. is wide open, and that is, is dangerous. <clears throat> It that is, is uh, Kennedy, Kennedy key. Yeah, you know, it's, there's no doubt you know, that there's a danger element there, and and, and the more is. the more you expand the market and the more you extend what the market does, yeah, that, that danger traffic. is is yeah, going to yeah. be there. Do you know, so yeah, that yeah. certainly is going to need to be addressed. Well, you know, like instead of just saying no and shutting it all down, surely there can be some negotiations to come up with some kind of a solution. Yes. To it, to it, you know, whether it be parking on the other side made more available. There's a big area across the road, I think, from from the other the, from the Centre Park Road side. Mm. Um, I know they were citing Goulding's fertilizer as a kind of a potential hazardous area, but for God's sake, that place has been open for sixty years. Well, and if you look at poison. if you look at safety elements and you know the city yeah. has a very detailed safety report yeah. and emergency report yeah. and you know taking know. a look Goulding's is not considered a safety risk at all no I no, wouldn't have thought it's so. not you know and and also um okay RNH the open dock is is an issue but you know what Probably, I was yeah. I was reading yeah. a health and safety document on the council website mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. partly behind if you were to take it to its Absolute limits. Yeah. What yeah. they're saying about the dangers of the marina market, and I use that in inverted commas, you also yeah. couldn't let a thousand people or more walk down to the marquee. You also couldn't let a couple of That's thousand true. people walk down to Marquee Grieve. So Exactly. <laughs> so, they're, they're going through an industrial area to get to those places. Yes. You know, so, I mean, what do you do? Like a bit of, it's, Look, it's just a bit of small bit of common sense should prevail here. And you know, I, I don't know most. I don't know the people on the council. I know one or two councillors, and um, like I don't know who makes this kind of decision. Yeah. And I, are I know planning has to this. be looked at. The councillors are fairly. The councillors are fairly powerless in this, Charlie. Yeah, well, it's the planning planning side, isn't it? Or the planners? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like when 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 I'm going to wait another little bit there now to see how many more people get onto that petition. I think they're heading for seven thousand at the moment. Very close to it. Very close to it. Now, no, John and, uh, John Maher, the Labour Party <clears throat> councillor, at the weekend was asking that a full explanation be given to a meeting of council as to the reasoning behind this, and that they be allowed to to ask and get answers to questions, so we can at yeah. least know what the thinking is. Because there is a view, and I'm going to say it's straight out, Charlie. I know you're yeah, not saying yeah. it, but I'm, I'm going to say it's straight out. There's a belief out there that somebody somewhere is saying, hang on a second now, that bloody market is more successful than we ever wanted it to be, and, yes. and, 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 and we don't like that. Somebody somewhere yeah, yeah. seems to have an agenda. Other businesses, yeah, probably, yeah, who have those vested interests everywhere, sure. You know, but you got the don't like competition. We, we've shared it. Uh, the number we had coming to air, anyway, coming to air. Yeah. It's now oh, since we began to talk, Charlie, six thousand three hundred and sixty-four. We've gone up. Wow. We've gone up nearly seventy or eighty. We had six thousand yeah. two hundred and eighty-one when we started talking. That's and that's, it is uh, oh. Ho, ho, ho. Since we started talking, we put a hundred names on the signature. Well, <laughs> that's a great reflection back on the people of Cork for supporting something, isn't it? 6,281 when I started to call with you, 6,380 yeah, yeah. petitions now to, Gee, to, yeah. to save the marine market. Yeah, we'll, we'll run it another while and then I'll, I'll probably, the, I have an option in that petition there because I'm the kind of creator of the thing, I can send it off then. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss to whoever yeah. so I'd say the planning department probably is yeah. the place to um, submit it it's, right? on, it's on our Twitter at OpinionLine96 and Great. we're all Fantastic. sharing it on individual accounts and it's gone all over the WhatsApps come here a yeah. few years ago now your lovely yeah. daughter sat in this very studio and performed oh. a song or two for me and, and since she then did. she's been around the world a couple of times is she coming yeah. home to do a Christmas gig I hear she is. She's uh, Jennifer. Yeah, she's she's going to be in the corner house on Saturday, the third of December. Fantastic. She's coming over to do it from. It'll be on. It's an early gig from half five to half seven, and she's going to be on 
uh, with Claire O'Mahony. Claire is another singer, Cork singer, songwriter. Fantastic. The two of them will, will be there admission free. Fantastic. Well, give, House, yeah. give her my best. I think I'm away that weekend, unfortunately, but give her my okay, best. No bother. She's, she's been around the PJ. world a couple of times since she sat in this studio. I'm delighted. She's still doing it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about the young fella? How's the football going? He's um he's doing well now, fine as well. Billy, he he retired uh, from playing there um, at the end of last season. Right. And he's after getting a job, uh, assistant. He's assistant academy coach now in Hull City. Ah, there you are. You see so the, he's starting off now a new career. Yeah, the, the Clarks are on their way to world domination. <laughs> Charlie, thank you very much, Charlie Clark. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That petition is on our Twitter right now. It's up now to 6,397. Let's check in again towards the end of the show, Eames, and we'll find out what it's up to. But when I began to talk to Charlie Clark uh, a few minutes back, that petition to keep the marina market open was at 6,281. It now stands at... Where are we going? It's flying up 7,404 since I began talking to Charlie Clark. And we'll let you know at the end of the show how many names are on the petition to save the marina market or at least sort out whatever the hell is going on down there. Tim says, or Tom rather, the council have made a mess of the traffic leading out of the city since all the Dunkettle changes came into effect. McCurtain Street is a mess, Low Road is a mess, and now they can't reach a reasonable accommodation with the people in Marina Park. Can they not solve any problems? It's all about filling bloody forms. Ain't that the truth? Five, four, three, two, one. Text or WhatsApp now on 083 396 for your chance to play our 10k toy giveaway. Got a pocket full of cash we can blow Corks 96 FM. Right off with you. Access all areas on Corks 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with the latest in Corks Entertainment. The Sultans of Ping are bringing their casual sex and cineplex 30th anniversary shows to Cork for two nights at the Opera House early in the new year, and special guests have just been announced. The Love Buzz and First Class and Coach will join the Sultans on the 10th of February with Cork favourites A Cow in the Water and Pretty Happy joining them on night two. Access all areas. Roisin O'Sullivan's exhibition I See Skies comes to the Triscoll Gallery space on Thursday, December 1st. Roisin's art stems from her experience of nature with paintings and objects that reflect the natural world around her. It runs until Sunday, 26th of March. Access all areas. If you have a gig, exhibition or show coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, send us your information here at Cork's 96 FM and we'll be happy to host it. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96 FM. You did it. You won the Toy Shop Express. The 10K Toy Giveaway. Fill your Christmas with fun and play. On Cork's 96 FM. Right. Marianne, morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? I'm great all together. Are you all set? Have you got the no. tree up? No, no, not at all. When will you put the tree up? Air maybe around the 12th of December, middle right. of December. You love the I tree, hate... do you? No, no. No! <laughs> no. You... Don't like it at all. Why not? I don't know, and I'm even more dreading it this year now because I have a small baby. She's going to be one in two weeks' time. Sure, that's the best bit. No, because she'll tear it down. To so the what? Oh no! I've four trees. Oh Jesus! No, I'd be lucky enough to have one. Oh my God! No, the look of it—the look of a child's eyes—and they see their first Christmas tree. 
Oh my. Yeah, my sister has her, she's hers up next week now for the Thai show so they can have hers to look at tomorrow. <laughs> oh, the Thai show's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So she put that up for them and they can look at that. You're not a fan. No, not at all. All right. And you've three you've three babies. Three, three yeah. Three, right. yeah. Well, I'm sure that you'd like plenty of toys to oh, under definitely. that Christmas tree. Definitely, because as I said, no, baby, we have one in two weeks' time. Right. We have first birthday, and then we have Christmas, then 19 days later. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, you're not a fan of the tree, but you do like Christmas, I hope. Oh, I like Christmas, yeah. Good. And being with all the family, that's, it's, it's nice. Very but good. But all this lights and trees and everything is... Do you put lights outside? Uh, something, we have a little scenty stop thing. Is that all? Yeah. You don't have any icicles on the windows or... No? No. God, no. you should come to my house. <laughs> I'm already pulling stuff out to put it up, and my kids are 25. Oh. oh. No, and I always loved this, but since I had children, I don't like it. Really? I don't like putting up the trees of yet. You it's changed strange. your mind about Christmas when you had children? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the most unusual thing you've ever. All right, listen, question for you. Let's see what we can do for you this evening. Let's see if we can get you into the draw. And maybe if we got you a 500 euro voucher, it might change your mind about the Christmas tree and yeah. anything to do with Christmas. <laughs> right. Finish the Christmas song lyric for me. It's ARB. Last Christmas, I gave you my A, heart, or my B, hand. Your heart. Heart is the one. Yeah. Last Christmas. That song, seeing as you love Christmas so much, that song is already back in the charts. Oh, it's already back in the top 75 last Christmas is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, and I love that. You you, 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 went, you went off Christmas after you had after children. Him. Yeah. <laughs> that's the maddest thing, that's the maddest thing I've ever Crazy. heard. Marianne Healy, you're through to our draw this evening, all right? Perfect. That's the best I can do for you. And and you'd never know. You might just win. Keep an eye on your phone this evening and Lorraine will be calling our winners after six on the big drive home. Thank you. That's Marianne Healy in Blarney Street, mum of three, who says, I I tell you something, that's the strangest thing I've ever heard. And you know me, I'm the king of Christmas. I Christmas is it I start looking forward to it about August. I can't understand people who don't like Christmas, but that's just me. But Marianne says that she started to go off Christmas when she had kids. Can anyone figure that one out for me? 0818 96 Yeah, okay, they'll go they pull at the tree and they rip off the baubles and yeah, that's part of the fun of it. Sure, if when your kids are small, if your Christmas tree doesn't fall over at least once in the course of the Christmas season, sure it's not been Christmas. And the cat has to climb it and the dog has to have a poo under it. That's part of having a Christmas tree. (laughs) Thanks, Marianne. 0818 96 96 96. Back to rent and property and my conversation earlier this morning with uh, Padraig, who reminds you again, and we'll hear it on podcast later on. He is a teacher. Permanent, pensionable, 30 years of age, lad from Cork, working as a teacher in Dublin and not a hope of affording his own house anytime soon. And the rent on a house in Dublin is now taking up most, or would take up his entire salary if he had to rent in Dublin. Mary, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, listen, 
You know, there's so many aspects to this housing thing and everybody's kind of chipping away at their own bit of it or kind of giving their own. But the big picture is just ridiculous, like kind of thing. I was lucky when I, in my 20s, early 20s, I was able to buy buy a house. I hadn't a car now and, and it was to the pin of my collar, but you had to go on your hands and knees to the bank to get 80% of the price and it was two and a half times your salary. And you would not get a red cent more for a carpet or a new door or whatever you needed for it. And that that was it. I bought my first house in in 92. And back then, like the difference between the house we settled on and the house we would love to have bought, the difference was five grand. And they weren't yeah. budging. They were not budging. No, absolutely not. You know, but still, you were able to buy it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, you. No, no, I had, I had a mortgage rate of 11. It wasn't easy. I had a mortgage rate of 11.75% exactly. you know to deal mean, with as, as I well. Say, yeah. Yes, I could buy a house, but I couldn't buy a house and a car, or I couldn't have go on holidays or whatever, but it was just whatever decision I made. But at the same time, with my salary now, I'm still living near where I um, bought my first house. And with my salary now, 35 years later, mm-hmm. I could not buy the same house at four times my salary. That says it all, doesn't it, Mayor? It says it all. It's absolutely ridiculous. Everybody's talking about, you know what I mean? The, and this is, sorry, this was a second-hand house back then, and it's even, an even more second-hand house now. Yeah. So the problem isn't with the building of houses like the housing stock. Most of the houses are changing hands are existing houses. Yeah. So they're not costing a penny more to build than they because they were built, yeah. you know, 50, 60 years ago or whatever in a lot of cases in the suburbs around Cork City. So they're not costing a penny more to build. Yeah. Yes, they're costing an arm and a leg to do up when people get them, like kind of thing, you know what I mean? And they can't get builders to come in and put on the box at the back or whatever, you know. But... The real thing is, it's completely out of scope nearly for a person on their own to buy a house. Yes. And out of reach of couples now as well. But there are lots of people, you know what I mean, not in the position or don't meet somebody or whatever. And they, you know, why aren't these people allowed, you know? Yeah. Will you, you know, take it's, that, lad, I was talking? Sad. There's a whole load of people. There's a whole load of people, you know, who for whatever reason haven't met somebody and want to buy a house on their own and it's completely outside their left you know with their parents into their 40s or 50s if they don't meet somebody or if they don't move out and rent with other people which is a, a different dynamic again you know what I mean it's it, it's you know most people or a lot of people probably prefer to stay you know could prefer to stay at home than move out with yeah. stranger or whatever and yeah. and again that moves on but like there's a whole load of things like kind of, you know Okay, they're talking about building houses, but but really the real problem with the city council and the local authorities all over, not just um, Cork City Council, is the management of the housing stock mm. once they've them built. Yeah, you know that like it, it it's basically like kind of thing. There's we know that people were basically given the houses that they'd been renting for a nominal rent from the city council. They were nearly. Given them, and there's people. Well, you they, know, they bought them. Paid. I mean, because I know my own parents-in-law, well, my own yes. in-laws bought their house, and yes. and and and, and, and honestly, they weren't given it. Like they 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 paid it. It was a 
subsidised by the council. They were council way to buy, but like yes. they weren't given it. You know, so I mean. Well, yes, but well, all, all right. Well, another way of putting this: there are people that have not earned a red cent from the cradle to the grave who've gone to the grave owning a house. Yeah. You know, be it that they were on welfare or whatever, you know what I mean? But they never actually paid, I won't say, their own money towards that Um, house. They never earned the money that, you know. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that should be the case. But And I also think as well, and I've said, I rang about this before, I also think as well that anybody getting, there should be no such thing as arrears on any kind of social house. It should come out of welfare. You can't get a social house unless you're on welfare. So, you know, and the rate is based on the welfare you're getting. Mm. So take it out of the welfare. Stop people going but, but, into but arrears. But how would and that vary? And your council. people would agree. How would that, how would that yeah. make a difference to a situation like Podrick, who we started this conversation with? Permanent pension well, it would, job as it a would, teacher... He yes. can't, he, he won't afford I, a house. I suppose, I suppose, PJ, I just feel all these small things, if put together, add, would add up. Like mm. kind of thing, if 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 the city council weren't chasing arrears or writing letters or, you know what I mean, having having to fund a public office where people can come in and pay their rent and all that kind of thing, all that is extra money going back into the housing system. Right, right. And that's in every local authority has these people. So if you think of 26 counties, you know, that's that's a good few houses. Right. If you take that out of the picture for all them, and as well as the fact that they, all these local authorities then would have rent certainty. They would know exactly how much they're getting every right. week, a month or whatever through the welfare, from the social welfare offices. They would be getting a big lump right. sum. Right, but I... I'm, and they would have certainty on it. They would, but, but I'm still trying know, to wonder... So, I'm still trying to wonder, Mary, where, and you're right about that. There's, you know, arrears are a problem for council rent. That that yeah. that's the truth. And if it was taken directly, if 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 people are on welfare, then take it directly on welfare. But 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 in terms of well, Paul then Drigan, again, that's yeah. Well, that's more houses being built, more houses being put into the system. People mm. coming out of the rent, which means out of the rental market, you know, going into homes at whatever level. So it all feeds in. It's not the solution to the problem, but Mm. it's another little chip, I suppose, like kind of thing. There is no big, you know, solve all here, but there is a kind of, Mm. you know, a a better, a a better way. But uh, another thing, PJ, is the affordable housing. Yes. Okay. The, you know, where they, and I suppose that is where kind of teach, where these people are going to be looking for assistance, like kind of thing there, you know what I mean? That thir- you get up to 30% of the the local authority or the mm. bank or whoever is operating. a certain amount has to be set aside, yeah. 30% yeah. stake in the actual value of the property. But when people, that needs to be, you don't have to pay that back, I think, for something like up to 40, you've up to 40 years? It's, it's a long period to, of time like, anyway, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous because again if I go back to when I bought my house and you're you take take the figures of that if you had to pay 30% of the value of your house back after 40 years think mm. and take you know what I mean in in my case it would now I just roughly I'd be after 40 years I'd be looking at maybe having to pay 100 grand mm. to the city council 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That That's uh, unsustainable, that kind of thing, because somebody in 30, buying the house at 30, at 70, taking on a debt of 100 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That hasn't been yeah. taught to. And then what happens if you're in the Fair Deal nursing scheme? Or if you need oh. to go into a nursing home at that stage. So you have to pay 100 grand on your house and then the fair deal. Nurse. I get you. Like, I mean, there is no joined up thinking. You're pushing, you're pushing all in, sorts of debts down uh, the road. Well, yeah. And people in social, in affordable housing as well, once they're, they need to be assessed, I would imagine maybe after 10 years, and if their income is would qualify them to actually buy, you know, they need, they got the help when they needed it and they need to move on and, you know, Mm. take on the responsibility for their own and leave that house available to purchase or else the city council should be charging them rent on the third they own. Okay. All right, Mary, you raise a lot of different points uh, and maybe people will pick up on, on the things you're saying. Thank you for your call. Interesting one. But the prices are just of houses have just gone insane. PJ, my sister is paying 1650 in rent with her girlfriend. They both have good jobs, but they can't afford to save for a mortgage with the cost of living. It's a scandal, says Anna. And Claire says, this is happening again, lads. This is happening again. I was buying a house off plans it was 400 grand six months ago when I spoke to the builder. It's now 470. I'm out. I can't afford to buy it now, says Claire. You see? 0818 96 96 96. Copacabana Beach is located in which city? Rio. And what singer had a 90s hit with Cornflake Girl? Never was a cornflake girl. Kellogg's. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. Get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool. Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Open 24-7 at NoDC.com. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, thank you for that, Amanda. I was mentioning Amy Winehouse and saying I couldn't find a Christmas song by her to put on my Christmas playlist and um, Amanda tells me that she did a cover of I Saw Mommy Kissing Kissing Santa Claus good I must go looking for that and Billie Eilish I heard this I haven't found it Silver Bells one of the most beautiful Christmas songs it's been around since forever like I mean I remember Silver Bells playing on the radio when I was only a small boy but Billie Eilish has done a cover version of Silver Bells. Thanks for for that, Amanda. Yeah, put it. I'll, I'll 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 tell you more about it as we get towards December. But I have my Spotify playlist with a nice little number of followers on it, and it's it's like my own little radio station. There's nearly four thousand songs on there, and that's my PJ Coogan's Glory Days playlist. There's everything, literally everything on it. Like, but uh, some of it just plain silly. But that's me. But I'm starting a Christmas one, uh, and I'll let you know where to find it and what it's called very, very soon. But I'm, I'm putting stuff on it that hopefully we can't find anywhere else. 
Um, but I'll, those two will be going on anyway for sure. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. And your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Email also being the best way to contact us. So out of hours. If you're listening to one of our nearly 30 podcasts that we do every week, including the full show every day, or any of the smaller podcasts that we do uh, after the program. Uh, you can, if you listen to any of those, opinion at 96m.ie, the best way to get us out of ours. And indeed, voice messages. It's a busy time, particularly the next few weeks heading up to Christmas. It's very busy. You might not have that few minutes to wait while we're coming back to you on the telephone because the phones are busy. So if you have a message for us or a text message for us or you're just in a hurry, then pop it on a voice message to 083 396 96 96. So I wonder how many of you are planning your Christmas jumper days over the next couple of weeks. We're getting together once again with Cork Simon. Uh, Christmas jumper days can be held anywhere, any place, anytime. You can do it at work, do it at home, do it at school. Because we're trying to get together to make sure that no child has to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. And hosting a Cork Simon Christmas jumper day will help to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's far more than just a Christmas gift. You can get a fundraising pack with all the deets you need from CorkSimon.ie. 0818969696. I absolutely love this idea, uh, Jody Russell. I really do. That when you go to visit somebody's grave, you'll be a QR code on the grave and you scan the QR code with your phone and that QR code will give you a history of who the person was, what they did, where they were from, any information that's there about them. I love this idea, uh, Jody or Judy. Where does it come from? Good morning. Good morning. So I've been wanting to record my mum for years. And about eight years ago, I actually filmed her asking her all of the important questions like, you know, what I suppose, lessons would you pass on and about, you know, her childhood and her teenage years, because, you know, our parents tell us stuff all the time, but it's always like little droplets of information. Yeah. And then you're trying to piece them together and you're like, what actually happened when I, where was she then? So actually sitting down and having that conversation and through video um, was amazing. So, so I have that video and then I re-recorded her recently in, in better quality and stuff like that. And then one of the other founders, he was trying to get a gravestone for his grandfather who he had never met. And he just found that there wasn't like enough characters or text to put on the gravestone to tell the story of his grandfather who was a famous boxer in Cork. Wow. So he, at the time when we first started speaking, he was going to put an iPad into the gravestone. And then later on, he was kind of saying, what about a QR code? And then I was like, well, I have this idea for a web page with video. If we can marry the two and bring them together, maybe we could create something. So that was about a year ago. And we've been working together every week now to try and progress the idea. It's called to, The to, Story Of. Yes. That's it, yeah. It's, so it's, it's going it. to be like the story of, and then your name. So the story of PJ Coogan kind of thing. Yeah, like you have your mom on, on video. Lots of people wouldn't have that, but they might have a scrapbook. Like for like if you take my, my dad, who, who passed away in 2018, like he was a guard. He also was heavily involved in their credit union, but in his youth... He was a brilliant athlete and sprinter with fabulous pictures of him sprinting and, and he was a hurler into his 40s and he was a fine, fine singer. And we have pictures of all those kind of things. You could put a scrapbook together. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's it, you know, you can you can do it for people who have passed away, but you can do it for people who are still here as well. It's it, you know, you can do it for both if you yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah, and you go to the grave and it's little and is it is it a QR code that's carved onto the headstone or what is it? We were looking at so many different ideas. We were, we were looking at carving in, but, you know, like the weather then can actually corrode the QR code so then you wouldn't be able to scan it. Um, and then we were looking at kind of um, putting on like pictures and screwing it in, but then the frost can actually break the headstone. We, we've been in a process of discovery. So what we're finding is that a lot of people actually retrospectively attach pictures to gravestones yes. with, a, with a very high sealant bond. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to use. Now, we can't guarantee that it will last forever sure. but it, you'll be able to re-stick it on again like you get these things that you bring out to a gravestone maybe with the, the with the picture of the loved one in it and it's a special sort of waterproof sealed picture frame you put into yes, one of those exactly Right. Exactly, something like that. Yes, yeah, so we're 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 exploring different ones now, and we're trying to make it. You know, on, on Danny's um, grandfather's gravestone, it's black marble, so we used a black um, aluminium QR code, and it just it looks really nice. Yeah. You know, it just really fits in and and doesn't like look. You know, like really standing out or anything like that. It's it's, yeah. it's a lovely little piece. Also, there's a lot of people, sadly, Judy, who are no longer with us um, as a result of COVID, and. In the middle of COVID, as I'm sure you know and remember, we couldn't go to funerals. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't say goodbye to people in the way that we traditionally do in this country. You know? Yes, I know. And, and even, even, you know, even in the traditional sense that we do, it's very quick. Like, you know, the funeral is planned within a few days and it's all over within a couple of weeks. Like, and... That is very quick, I think. And and having something like this, like I, I see this as, as a small project for people. Like Danny didn't know his grandfather and he was able to learn, he was able to talk to cousins, get pictures, as you were saying, kind of build that scrapbook, build better relationships with people in his family and also feel like he's connected with his grandfather who he never met through this. So I think it's it's a really beautiful thing to do. It's a lovely idea. It really is. And, you know, people come to funerals and they meet the family and they meet the close relatives and close friends, but they knew little or nothing about the person in the grave. I said, a wonderful idea. I said, find out a bit more about him, learn more about him. It's a lovely idea. So, so is it launched as a business yet, Judy, or are you still working on it? It's, it's, it's launched, but at the moment, everything is manual. So if we want to create a page, if someone gets in touch with us, they can go on to the storyof.io and reserve their domain name so they can reserve the story of PJ Coogan. And um, hopefully they don't reserve your name now, uh, PJ, because we'll be getting into the Twitter controversy with the, with the blue ticks here. But <laughs> but then they can um, get in touch with us and we can actually try to help them with the storytelling process because, you know, everyone is a storyteller. Like that's, that's how we communicate yeah. as humans. But trying to to create it in a format that's interesting, I suppose, for other people as well um, and kind of curate that content down. So we'll help with that, but we have to manually then put everything onto the web page for them, the images, the videos, the audio recordings, whatever they want. So we're hoping to get investment so that we can create a platform that actually automates all of this so we don't have to do it manually. Okay. That well, would be the I think goal. It's, a, it's a hell of an idea. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Um, it really is. And I wish you luck with it. Thank you so much. Cheers. That's uh, Judy Russell, one of the founders of the story of .io. Uh, three Cork people, Danny O'Donovan, Luke Murphy and Judy Russell.
And in case you're wondering who Denny's grandfather was, it's not a man whose name I'd be familiar with, and I'd know a bit about cork boxing, not a lot, but I'd know a bit. Danzer Nagel was uh, Danny's grandfather, uh, a famous boxer. Um, 0818 96 96 96. I just think that's such a cool idea. Get ready to meet the Cork's 96 FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join KC and the 96FM Street Fleet at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills this Saturday afternoon from 4pm. We're there to bring the music fun and countdown to Santa himself arriving in style. Come enjoy the fun this Saturday afternoon from 4 at Magical Blarney in Blarney Woolen Mills with Cork's 96FM. Read about this in, in the recent past that the possibility that people will be entitled to um, menstrual leave that when their period was debilitating and made them sick that they would be able to take leave um, just as a right there's a company in Cork is doing it it's a healthcare company uh, Solvotrin Therapeutics they're based in Little Island their marketing manager is Claire Lynch Hi Claire this is a, a new idea but I have read about it before morning Hi PJ how are you? Good good talk to me about this so, yeah, basically, I, I suppose how this came about is um, Salvatrin have a brand called Active Iron and it's a clinically proven iron supplement. And we're really passionate about women's health. Uh, I suppose the reason for that is iron deficiency is an issue that disproportionately affects women. So menstruation is the leading cause of iron loss worldwide. And really, that has led us to launch a campaign and that campaign's called Better Days Period. And that aims to drive conversations around periods and change that narrative uh, about symptoms. So I suppose we completed a survey with a thousand women across uh, Ireland and the UK. And shockingly, we found in Ireland that only 3% of businesses have, uh, of women said that they have uh, a policy around menstrual leave in their business. So we were just really surprised um, by that statistic. And I suppose because we firmly support the period health movement and, you know, we want to play our part as well, uh, we felt that, you know, we, that's something that we should really implement into our business to try and further promote those conversations. So how is it dealt with in, in terms of the, the legality of your work? Is it is it classed as sick leave or holidays or time? What's it classed as? So it's part of our what we call our sickness and well-being policy, um, but it is separate to the statutory sick leave, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, and if people, you know, need to take time off due to their periods, they don't have to specify the reason. Uh, and that's really the key thing. Um, a medical cert uh, is not required and it's not limited to menstrual health as well as in it also includes menopausal uh, leave as well. Nice. Um, and really it, it's at their manager's um, discretion. Um, and as part of our policy as well, we also offer free feminine hygiene products uh, to all the women in our office as well. Yeah, that, that's becoming quite commonplace now. I know it happens in this building, for example, but 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 and and, and it's a good move that it, that it does happen. And um, but it's so you don't need a cert for it. You don't need a doctor's note. You just 
it, it's just accepted that every so often Claire or Mary or Susan are going to be unwell and they're not going to be here and that's okay. Absolutely. And it's just about offering that flexibility um, to women as well. Um, You know, 70% um, of those who worked at home during the pandemic actually found that remote working improved their experience of menstruation as well. So like it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, oh, I'm not feeling great. I'm taking the day off. It also is just making sure that businesses are being flexible uh, yeah. and offering maybe other solutions such as yeah. remote working. Could it be a thing, Claire, whereby someone whose job could well be done from the dining room table can say, look, I'm going to be at home for the next couple of days. I'm, I'm not feeling the best, but I'll be there. I'll be at the table. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And and like we've done other surveys before, you know, the most common symptoms are um, cramps, uh, tiredness and fatigue is another one that's really up there and back pain as well. And, you know, a lot of women like it could be an easy solution to just put a hot water bottle behind their back at their desk, but they might not feel comfortable yes, doing that. They feel like they're drawing attention to themselves and you know, it, it, it's about but at making... Home you can sit in your fluffy jammies with your hot water bottle and do what you like. Exactly, exactly. Your and brain, it's just your about... Your brain is still working, so you can still do the, do the few hours, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and it's just about breaking down that stigma uh, with periods. Like, I even know myself, like, from working over the years, if you are on your period and you have to go to the toilet, you're you know, trying to be as quiet as possible, taking your tampon out of your bag and hiding it up your sleeve and then walking down the corridor. And you'd, you'd actually be worried that someone would bump into you and you'd think, you know, God See, forbid your, your tampon might fall care, out, you know. When I hear that, that makes me a little bit sad. And, and I tell yeah. you why, I would have thought that in 2022, a woman would not have to hide a tampon like it was a gun. Just mean. Absolutely. I, I yeah, would have thought absolutely. in twenty twenty we'd moved a bit past that. Yeah, yeah. No, and like we've we've seen it through our surveys. A lot of women still feel that embarrassment um about their periods and, and you know, they feel like they can't open up about it. Uh, and eighty two percent in our survey thought that bringing in a mental or a menstrual leave policy uh into their workplace would really first of all, break down that stigma, but second, encourage more open dialogue about this kind of issue in their workplace and just simply make them feel less embarrassed. Okay. You know? Claire, it's an interesting conversation and one that will continue. Look, we talk much more now these days about issues like menopause and menstruation and cervical check and God knows, and it can only be a good thing. So thanks for that. That's uh, Claire Lynch from... Solvatrin Therapeutics, they've introduced menstrual leave in the workplace. I wonder will others do that? But that's that that does, that makes me a little bit sad to think that in 2022 a woman who's on her time of the month has to almost sneak down to the toilet hiding whatever she's going to use as if it was a gun. that, That just seems so sad that that is the situation in 2022. PJ, what a super initiative, says this message. My sister's crippled with period pain every month. She has to take to the bed. It's debilitating. She does have endo. Yeah. Nowadays, one thing we have learned, you know, nowadays is if someone is suffering uh, more than they think 
they should or more than seems normal get yourself checked out for endo because it seems to go with the with 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 the with the territory do you know what I mean oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six backs to rent and re- and the amount of money people are paying for apartments around the world and around the country pat hey Peter. i just this morning where I'm talking there to that gentleman that that teacher in dublin yeah i said just out of curiosity i start googling right and I googled uh, London, um, an apartment in London. You pay nearly two thousand pounds for the one bedrooms uh, a month. Nice. Uh, I said, look, we'll go further and have a look at Palace. Jesus, Palace was two thousand eight hundred, and uh, Madrid Rick, was nearly two and a half thousand. Yeah. So, you know, I, I suppose Dublin, in the context of it, like would well, European know, capitals, yeah. Yeah, and I mean they're, they're like, you know, no matter where you are now in the world. Um, the cost of living, like I suppose in Europe, is more or less the same. Yeah, yeah. Basically. By the same token, though, Pat, they're capital cities. I, I was talking to a chap in Mallorca uh, last week, and he's living in the capital of Mallorca, which is Palma, and the most beautiful two-bedroom apartment for €600 Euro a month. Capital oh, yeah. cities are always going to be more... But, I mean, look at Cork. Cork is astronomical at the moment. Oh, yeah, but listen, in fairness, I would pitch you, like, you can go into Roscommon, you can go to the middle of the country, like, and you'll get a house in there, like... So, well, but if your, job is in, if, if, your, if your job is in Dublin, do you really want to be commuting from Roscommon? Because even if even if you oh, have... Yeah. Even if you have the, the, the low rent, and that's true, like, if you were... If, okay, let's imagine your job... Your job, say, is in Apple, or your job is down in, in TELUS, or your job is anywhere in the city. Yes, you'll get a, a much lower rent, go to somewhere like Mitchellstown or Care or anywhere like that. But the commute at the price of petrol and diesel I, will make but, up for it. You, you were talking then all this morning about the, the bus service, right? Yes. Um, like, I was just an idea, she lives in a place called Giable, it's outside Madrid. Right. And like, you hop on a bus in Gable, costs you about two euros to get the bus into Madrid, right? And yes. it goes straight into the city, goes into the metro, you go up the stairs, you're on one of these, um, you know, the Chubby fellas, um, um, or the metro, Trams. like you. Yeah, metro, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, like 50 cents, five euros, you get 10 stops out of it. There you go. Um, you come back in the evening, and there could be a thousand people waiting to go back to Gable, right? Yeah. But there's a fleet of buses there. That's you're right. on the bus within 10 minutes and you're, right. you're, you're, you're gone. Oh, Pat, the Spanish would leave us in the halfpenny place when it comes to public transport. Well, yeah. But I tell you, PJ, at the moment, like you, you know, the, 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 the issue like with Bell and Colleague and the town boat taking away half the, half the town, really, yeah, yeah. to bring bus lanes. Like I wrote a submission there and I suggested like that rather than doing the likes of this, what you should do is probably put... Um, a, a bus station yeah. outside of Bellingcolleg and you could have like some McCroom you know uh, you could have a bus service in going along Bellingcolleg yes. picking up people dropping it and you'd have one bus running in out of town yes yeah. you know simple thing like that because like okay it's great to say you have a bus service but if you're living in Bellingcolleg and you have, somebody, you have somebody living in Castlenock it's a 15 to 20 minute walk for them to walk from their house to get onto the, the, the bus yes. stop yes yes well, that's if you had a, you know, a local bus, like, yeah. going around picking up people, you'd probably get more people using by a public, uh, you know, public oh, transport. Yeah. I, only saw have much it, I, I only saw it on holidays, Pat, when I was away in July. Um, I was in, in Tenerife, and there's a, there's a place called Los Cristianos, and there is, in the town, there's a mini bus hub there. 
and seven, right. seven different exchange points for buses. What? You can get I, to four corners of the island. That's just in a town. Oh, yeah. And that's what we should be looking at here as well. Yeah. Something similar. I mean, like, we have a link road there that we should be able to make use of. Yes. To get people in and out of town fairly fast and leave the buses used and, you know, have the have the bus coming back then, like, to, like, some other farm road and places like that and picking yes. up people, going to the bus depot yes. and sending them into town. And I, and I love your idea, too. A bus a bus depot in Ballancolig, a bus well, depot in Carrigaline, a bus depot... Yeah, and you yeah. can have one in Brendan. Yeah. You know, like, they're, they're just the main, the, the main points, like, and... You're, you're cutting down the number of buses coming into the city. Yeah. So and if you had if you had a load of West Cork, say West Cork services, you have a pile of West Cork services all coming back to a terminal point in Bandon, Clon, Skib. Yeah. That's a fabulous idea, Pat. Love that yeah. idea. So. Next Listen, I like too much time on my hands, PJ. <laughs> yeah, but you see, when you're using it well, you're using it wisely, Pat. Thinking like that. Thank you. Okay, listen, thanks very much. Lovely to talk to you. Cheers, you too. Bye-bye. 0818 96 96 96. No, he's he's right about Spain and the public transport. And every time I go there for my holidays, uh, no matter where I go, literally no matter where I've been in Spain, and I've been in Spain on holidays now God knows how many times, probably 20 times, to various parts of Spain and the islands and the mainland, probably 20 times. And I've never, ever stopped marvelling at the way they do public transport. It is so frequent, it is so damn cheap, it is so reliable, and it's so simple. They just put on a service where it is required, when it is required. At any time of the day or night it's required. It's not rocket science. Quick mention, the Glanmire annual toy appeal is this coming Sunday outside the credit union in Glanmire from 3 till 4. If you can't make it, could you please drop off a toy uh, to Glanmire Credit Union maybe Saturday. You can also call to District 11 on 10 to 12 noon on Saturday. A free coffee if you do. And if you donate a toy, there's a free coffee and scone. Thanks a lot for that. So that's Sunday the uh, Glenmire Credit Union Glenmire Toy Appeal between 3 and 4pm and on cost of living this came in yesterday and I I meant to read it out John is a a taxi driver and taxi drivers are fountains of wit and wisdom at the best of times John says how can Duns and Aldi and Lidl and them all bring milk all the way from Donegal with all the waste and diesel that brings and places like Balnahina will close down here Think of it all, it's a huge waste. Yeah, well, do you remember Balnahina versus CMP, John? Do you remember, I don't know, but certainly my parents, uh, my, my my mother anyway in particular had this thing and my grandmother wouldn't touch Balnahina milk. So all they'd take in the house, all they'd have in the house was CMP. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Those days are long gone now. They take milk from wherever they can buy it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. And a big day for all our American brethren based in Cork. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Cork's 96 FM. We're all talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all that kind of thing. But before Black Friday comes something that we don't really celebrate here in Ireland. We mark it and we remember it and we know what it is but Thanksgiving is is not a thing we do here unless of course you happen to be an American living here and then you'll do 
Thanksgiving. Let's talk to two of them. Uh, first of all, to Michael O'Connor, known as Dakota Mick. Mick, good morning to you. Hey, PJ, how are things? Good, good to talk with you. And also, Charlie Double Yeah the Third. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> hey, PJ, what's going on, brother? I'm all right. Happy Thanksgiving in advance to you both. Start with you, Mick. So Thanksgiving, the history of it, what is it? Where's it from? Well, I mean, obviously, it's it's the tradition behind it is supposed to be the pilgrims and stuff and just being thankful for surviving another year, you know. That's kind of the, the tradition behind it. Yeah. And it's a big day. Some would say, Charlie, that in parts of America, it's bigger than Christmas. Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving is definitely a day where, you know, you don't, you don't want to leave anybody alone. So you're always with either family or friends you love uh, more than Christmas. Because Christmas, you still got the presents. But Thanksgiving, you, you just got the food and the people you're with. So it's a little bit different. It's very much a family thing, yeah. Yeah. Mick, like you were... When was the last time we have a colleague, um, Steve, and Steve heads back to California pretty much every year for for Thanksgiving. When was the last time you were back to, to Dakota for Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, not since I moved here to Ireland 21 years ago, to be honest. Um, just because just it's such a long trip with the family and stuff, and we usually either try to go for Christmas or for the summer, you know? Yeah. What's the weather like in Dakota at this time of the year? Um, you can get a bit of anything. You can have sun or light. It's been snowing this last week, so it it can get pretty cold around Thanksgiving. Right, right. So, so what family do you have back home that you would? I mean, will you? You'll you, you obviously contact them tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. I know all my family were there. Like my mom and my brothers and sisters, they all live within about thirty miles of each other. So they they be all getting together for it. They have a big day tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, it would be. It'd be like in my family, I consider probably bigger than Christmas for the extended family. Yeah, yeah, they get together for a big dinner and watch yeah, football. Yeah. I'm told is a traditional thing to do. Yeah, that's it. Usually, you know, there'll be a game or two in the afternoon. That you know, after the the nice meal, you sit down and watch some football and fall asleep. To be honest. <laughs> That's a bit like a good Christmas in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, when was the last time you were back home? I've only been here for six months, so All right, okay. um, I'm fairly new. Yeah, fairly new to court. Uh, so I actually uh, went home about a couple of months ago for like the weekend, which was a crazy trip. I'm never doing it again. It was a lot of flying. <laughs> but this will be your days. first Thanksgiving away from home then. So what will you miss tomorrow? Oh, man, you know, I'm going to miss, you know, just my friends and family back home. I have some family. I'll be celebrating it here with my wife and my in-laws. And then also I'll uh, be watching some football. I also play American football here with the Cork Admirals, so they have a Thanksgiving training tomorrow. So I get a little football in my life, which is also, uh, you know, great and just gives me that, that passion and, and makes me feel a little bit like America. Hmm. Uh, but it's been great. So they're excited. My, my in-laws are excited. They're, they're getting ready. They're asking me what, what should they wear, what should they cook. So yeah. I'll be, but I'll be cooking all day. I'm going to yeah. be in my pajamas cooking all day, drinking some wine, you know, yeah. just uh, getting everybody ready and, and celebrating and sitting down and watching football at 5.30. Yes. So are you kind of teaching your Irish friends and your, the Irish side, your Irish friend about Thanksgiving? Like, do you think we, do, we don't fully get it here. We know that it's something that the Americans do in the last Thursday of November and then we have uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday after it. And that's kind of what it is. To, but why is it so important, Charlie, in your life? Your family. I think it's just that one day where 
no, no matter where you are in the States, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and just moved from San Francisco. So I have family all over the country. But it's one of those days where uh, you try and get in touch with the people you love and try and spend the day with the people you love. So I'll take the day, and no matter what the family I'm with, I'm always calling family. And you always do that thing where you call family. You talk to like 10 people who are at whatever dinner they are at and just, you know, send your love and just let them know that you're thankful for them. Yeah. Um, and then you have like people now do friends giving which is a thing in america so this is this another it's kind of like thanksgiving and if you can't be with your family you're with your friends and you show love to your friends and you're thankful for them yeah. is, it, is it a public holiday yes it's a, it's a public holiday uh usually everybody has off uh thanksgiving and then i believe the day after as well yeah. uh you you take that because it takes that long to cook the food anyway like I, i've got <laughs> i got a, i got a turkey brining right now as we speak uh, <laughs> at the house you got to get it ready you got to get the pies ready you know and then for you know for for some uh for some african-americans this is a popular dish which is very controversial called chitlins what's that chitlins like pig intestines it's oh, pig intestines i think they have them over here yeah yeah it's 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 like if you cook it right you have to cook it really good though <laughs> otherwise right. it can go bad and you, and you call that you call <laughs> so that people get ready uh chitlins chitlins Chitlins. They're they're called chitterlings, but 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 you know, like we call them chitlins. I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Now, okay, Charlie, so you're only here a few months. This doesn't really apply to you, but Mick, when you came here first, what twenty odd years ago, getting in contact with the family on on Thanksgiving Day was was a phone call and possibly a bad line. Now there's Zoom and FaceTime and all these things, so it's all. Ch- will, will you will you link in through Zoom tomorrow? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, I mean, it used to be quite difficult, but now, like, everybody's, you know, I'll be FaceTiming my mother, you know, and uh, I'll get passed around to the whole family. And, you know, yourself, you, it's it's so easy to keep in contact now compared to even, like, 20-some years ago when I first came here. Yeah, so your your routine tomorrow will be? Um. Well, to be honest, what we kind of do is um, I'll get in touch with my family yeah, in the afternoon, in the evening. Um, but then, like, we here, we kind of push it out to Saturday or Sunday um, just because it's it's kind of awkward with the schedule and work like. So what we've always done is just do it on the Saturday or Sunday and have a, you know, a real nice meal and, you know, be the, the family and then usually one or two friends, you know, just to make an occasion out of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Will you head home then for Christmas, or will you be here? Probably not this year. I actually just heard my mother over here last month. We, we kind of we said we'd get her over here, so we kind of went that route. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, look, happy Thanksgiving to you tomorrow, Mick, and, and Charlie to you. You, you. What brought you here six months ago? What, what was the reason for coming over? Uh, my wife, a.k.a. the boss, uh, <laughs> she, she's Irish, and we've lived in San Francisco for 10 years, and so she wanted to come back home, and I just thought that it was a great uh, opportunity. It's Is been, she Cork? It's a great player. And, yeah, she's from Cork. She's so Cork. Uh, San Francisco did change her a little bit, like, <laughs> but she's she's so Cork right now. She's she's back to, to her roots, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I haven't got the Irish accent yet. I still got my American accent. Well, yeah, Mick like is American here 21 years. I mean, come on, you heard him there. Like, you don't... <laughs> I do. You lose the, the accent, the... you lose your soul. You lose the accent, you lose your soul. Well, I got to tell you, lads, my, my, my best friend is, is a killer man. And he's been in Hoboken, New Jersey now for the last 30... I get this right, 36 years? 
and it's like you never he's like he never left Killarney so yeah hello so to Dakota Mick O'Connor and Charlie Double Yeah the third um, happy Thanksgiving tomorrow guys Hey, thanks, PJ. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Cheers. Enjoy the turkey and ham and the football and the chick, chick, what do you call it? Anyway, tripe and drasheen, it sounds like to me. I have some terribly sad news to give you uh, right now. Um, We were working on it for the last hour or so, and we were hoping it wasn't true. But um, a friend of the show, uh, we talked to him... It's about a year ago. Would it be a year ago? Maybe slightly more, Fergal. We began to speak with him frequently. And uh, he was forthright. He was funny. And by God, was he good at what he did. We're very, very sad to hear the passing of employment lawyer Richard Grogan. Uh, He was on with us as recently as three weeks ago. I wasn't here that day. Fiona was covering for me that day. Uh, The Law Society of Ireland has just tweeted, we're deeply saddened to learn of council member Richard Grogan's passing. Richard was a tireless advocate both in proceedings and in the public arena. We will miss his energy, his humour and his deep commitment to his profession. Um, I know privately of a few, few people who contacted Richard Grogan for a word of advice. And when one guy came back to me and he said he he told me what to write in a letter to my boss, and I'd hate to have had him sitting across the table from my boss because when he wrote that letter, (laughs) my boss said, "Okay, okay, okay." This was the last appearance on the show uh, by Richard Grogan about three weeks ago, and he was talking about the subject of tipping. You know, when you get a good meal... That's come from somebody doing an excellent job in the kitchen. Mm. And the idea of saying, well, you know, there is equally entitled, in my view, to get portion of that tip because they're also providing a real service and your enjoyment of the night out. You know, if you go for a night out with your partner or with your friends and you get, you know, great food in a restaurant in Cork and there are great restaurants in Cork uh, Skipperine is my favourite place to go for meals uh, and you go there and you get a great meal well the person who's you know cooked that meal for me as far as I'm concerned is as important as the person who's put it on my table that's the last appearance on the show uh, by Richard Grogan. Uh, very sad to hear that news. He was awarded an honorary life membership recently of UCD's Law Society. And as you'll know, he became a TikTok sensation. He had over 100,000 followers. And he had there loads of them on Instagram as well. And there were simple little facts of employment law. I remember the first time we had him on was about your holidays and being told at the end of the year say December that you had to use those spare days or lose those spare days and he said no absolutely not that is absolutely not true and he was adamant about it and his catchphrase was that's the law and that's a fact May he rest in peace. He was I never met him I never had the opportunity but I've interviewed him a few times and I chatted to him off air once or twice what a hell of a nice man but a brilliantly knowledgeable lawyer and a great performer on this programme and a friend of the opinion line.
Richard Grogan. May he rest in peace. When we're playing Ed Sheeran, is he giving you the shivers? Or is Eliza Rose the absolute baddest of them all? What I want. Tell us the music you want to hear. And what songs should disappear with the Cork's 96FM Music Panel. Take our 10-minute music survey. And you could win a 100-euro pennies voucher. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Courts 96FM. So when Charlie Clark was on the show earlier on talking about his petition to save the marina market, when he came on air, there were 6,281 people had signed that petition. There were now 8,088 people have signed Charlie Clark's petition to save the marina market. The very sad news about uh, Richie Grogan, in case you've not heard it, in the last few minutes, Richard Grogan, who was a regular on the show, he was the TikTok star that always said that's the law and that's a fact. Uh, he has passed away. Um, his health was failing for some time, but the Law Society has confirmed uh, in the last while that Richard has indeed uh, passed away. Uh, we, were, we were looking to find another couple of clips. We might do it for you uh, tomorrow, just to remember a guy who was a great contributor on this show. Uh, whenever we asked him to, to take part, he was always willing to do so. Richard Grogan has passed away. Tomorrow also, I, I did this... Um, I promised you I'd do this, and we haven't had an opportunity yet, but you will remember this voice from my last visit to Onakura. You'll remember this from September 2021. The doctor over there, we have the dentist over there, uh, we have a library, solicitors, four banks, four supermarkets, laundries, cinema, cobbler, opticians, hearing aid, taxi services, hairdressers, chiropodists, Everything you need. Yeah, literally. Mm. And what what I get from that is that uh, these services are, are right on the doorstep and they tend to draw me out, mm. humanise me. Mm. And what would worry you about being moved from here, where everything like that is around you? To mm. me, the location of this place is like a medicine. It's, it contributes to me getting better. We're back at Onokura tomorrow. That's Keith, and Keith is still in Onokura. I caught up with him and some of his friends uh, recently, and we're back to hear that again tomorrow. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Cork's 96 FM.